Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. I want to talk to you today uh, just on the subject of the Holy Spirit as our helper, the Holy Spirit, uh, the helper. And in John chapter 14, verses 23 through 26, it says this. It says, Jesus said, the one who loves me will obey my teachings. My father will love him. We will come to him and live with him. The one who does not love me does not obey my teachings. The teachings you are now hearing is not my teaching, but is from the father who sent me. I have told you these things while I am still with you. In verse 26, it says, the helper is the Holy Spirit. The Father will send him in my place. He will teach you everything and help you remember everything I have told you. Aren't you thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful that when salvation came to us, the Holy Spirit was given to us, the Holy Spirit was deposited in each and every one of us to be that helper, to be that source of strength, to help us to remember uh, the right decision to make, to help us to remember that we should go to God, to, to convict us, to change us, to lead us, to guide us. And so we look at this, says, so, so as the Holy Spirit, this promised Holy Spirit that was given as our helper. So, so what do we do? What direction do we take as God's people when it comes to allowing the Holy Spirit to be our helper? How many know that sometimes we have a really big problem with just doing things on our own? I mean, how many know that we really have a big problem sometimes of just making decisions on our own? And I learned a long time ago I learned a long time ago, after several mistakes, that any time that I go and get something and it has to be put together, that I do not have the ability to just look at it and put it together. Um, it does not work that way with me. And so I learned a long time ago, and I don't even do it without looking at the instructions and going step by step, step by step. But even with that, I usually put something on backwards or whatever it may be. Um, but, but I know that I need to go, and I need to go to those instructions to, to show me exactly how and what I need to do. And as God's people, that's what we, hey, we're not, we weren't ever expected to do it on our own. We were never expected to do this Christian thing on our own. We were given a helper to help us teach us in everything and help us to remember everything that has been taught. And so when we go and we start walking that direction, we've got to understand this. Number one, at that moment when we're saved, um, salvation brings freedom from our past sins and then empowers us to overcome those sins in our future. I want you to hear that. So he gets, the, the Holy Spirit comes and he gives us uh, forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, comes in, our past sins are forgiven, and then we're empowered by the Spirit of God to be able to be, uh, uh, to have victory, to have authority of those, over those sins in our future. Now, I don't know about to you, to you, but that's very exciting to me. That's exciting to know that I'm not alone. That when I follow him, he will take me down that path. He will help me to overcome those things that I once was bound to. Those things, those chains. And that's why I love that song. Those chains are gone. The chains are gone. And I love that song because that's what the power of God can do in me and empower me to never be chained up again. To never be chained by those sins of my past again. We read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 16, and this is really where we're going to be sticking today. And uh, Paul is writing in and kind of uh, giving a roadmap of what do we do with this gift of salvation? What do we do with this gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given us? How do we live? What's the steps that we take? And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 16, it says this, Not that I've already attained all this, and which is 
just think about this. I want, I want you guys to understand this because this is going to be something I talk about here in just a second. So, so here's the guy that answered the call of God that has been tortured, beaten. And I saw a list one time. It, wasn't, it was just recently of everything that happened to Paul. And then when you see that, you're like, how in the world did that guy live? And we know that it had to be through the power of God. Because why? Because God had a journey for him to walk, and nothing was going to stop that. Nothing the enemy would do was going to stop that. Not even a poisonous snake latching onto his hand and trying to kill him. Nothing was going to stop him, and he went through that. And so you see this guy who's, it's pretty impressive that, man, this guy is sold out 100%, and he is taking the beating upon his body over and over and over again. And then this guy that, that, that's telling us this says this. He says, um, but press, he said, not that I have already obtained all this. He is saying, and what an example for us that Paul is giving. Paul lived a life that he never stopped pursuing. He never stopped going. He never stopped allowing the Holy Spirit to teach him. He never stopped walking in the path that God had for him. And that is incredible. And that is a lesson that we all should take. And he says, not that I've already achieved my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then those who are mature should take such a view of things. And if at one, some point you, don't, you think differently, that God too will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. And man, there is so much truth in that little passage of scripture. So much instruction of what do we do with this gift of salvation? What do we do with the gift of the Holy Spirit that is in us, that enables us to live this? Because I want you to know something. We are not able, without Christ, without the Holy Spirit in our life, to live up to what we obtained. Not only did we, we're never able to earn salvation, but yet we, were, we would never be able to live up to what we attained through, without the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We would not be able to do it. And so the first thing that he says to do that in his walk with God is this. He said, forget what is behind. Forget the past. Forget what is behind you. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to do this. Now listen, um, when you begin to think about what Paul was saying in that statement, and you begin to think what Paul had to forget, Paul had to forget horrible things that he had done. He had to forget about the fact that this same Jesus that he is living for is the same Jesus that with everything he had, persecuted him and all of his followers. And he had to come to a place where he had to forget that. And well, guess what? Today, there are things that are in our lives that we have to forget. I can't tell you how many times I talk to believers that one of their biggest struggles is still their past. It's still the shame and the guilt that comes from their past. I want you guys to know something right now, 100%, that we, it, listen, it is never God's purpose or plan for you to live in shame or regret from what you did in your past. It is never. So I want to tell you something, for, because I know many people struggle with this. So if you today have those issues and you're struggling with shame and regret, I want to tell you that is nowhere in God's plan of salvation. Nowhere. 
100%. And I, I, I love what Pastor Zach said last week when he was talking about how as far as the east and the west is that no matter what, it just keeps on going and going and going, and it's never ending how much God's forgiveness and, and, and how much he loves us. It is not his plan for you to live out of guilt in your past and to constantly be out of state. I've heard it said one time, I heard it said one time so many times, we keep telling God something we're sorry about that we did years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then God's up there saying, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> it makes sense according to the scripture because he said that they are gone, that they are gone, no more remembered, no more remembered. So here we are and guilt and shame will cause us, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But he's already forgiven and he's gone. That is only the plan of the enemy to let to, for you to live in such a place. Because God wants us to be free from all of that. God wants us to live in freedom through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit that enables us. When we forget the past, sometimes in our life, it's, it's not just about shame and guilt and regret. Sometimes it's about pain. How many know that there's times in this life that we can be hurt pretty bad. And how many ever, and, and I, I was talking to somebody about this uh, last week, how many has ever experienced such a pain, a hurt, or a heartache that it hurt physically? That it literally hurts you physically? Yes. And, and so we've got to understand this. Our loving Father... He wants to take all of that pain from our past and he wants us to lay it at his feet because he does not want you to live in that pain, in, those, in that heartache. Because how can we be free and yet still be paralyzed from the pain of the things that happened in the past, in the heartaches? How can we live free? How can we accomplish the life that God has given us if we still live in that pain? God has given us the ability through his healing power, through the Holy Spirit in our life, to take that pain. And, and I'll be honest with you, in my life, um, you know, I, I, like everyone here, I've seen pain. I've seen pain and I've seen suffering. I've seen heartache. But I can tell you one thing that I can, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has taken my pain and he has enabled me two things. He has enabled me to be closer and stronger with him than I ever have been in my entire life. And he's enabled me now to be a help for people who have gone through the same thing or going through the same thing. And so he takes the pain, something that was meant to destroy or hurt, and he uses it for his glory, and for his purpose. That's who our God is. That's how incredible, that's how awesome our God is. He also helps us forget in our life. What we talked about earlier is forget about our fleshly, our earthly desires. That statement I made earlier, how the Holy Spirit enables you to overcome the desires of the flesh from the past enables you to overcome those things that once um, completely controlled you, now you have complete freedom over them. You have complete freedom over them. And one of the things that we've got to understand is God's plan for us is 100%, 100% good. It is 100% good. So we've got to understand that if any of these things from our past are continuing to grab a hold of us and continuing to drag us down, or maybe the temptations of the past, I want you to know that in that process, that's where the Holy Spirit steps in. And when we 
activate the Holy Spirit in our life and ask the Holy Spirit, help me, give me strength, give me the power to resist. And how many know the Bible says that when we go to the Holy Spirit, that when we live in the Spirit of God, that we will be able to overcome the flesh. And so that's what he does. He gives us that power, that authority. How many like authority? Come on. How many like authority? Yes. The authority is not bad. It's good. Well, I want to tell you something. We as believers need to begin to take authority over those things in our life because we have the authority through the power of God in our life. We have the authority to say, get behind me, Satan. We have the authority through the power of God. When the pain rises up, our shame and guilt rises up. We have the authority in the power and in the name of Jesus. I cast you down guilt. I cast you down shame because you are not from God. And I only want what is from God in my life. So I cast you down. And we have the power and the authority through Christ to cast those things down out of our life. Aren't you thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit enables us to forget what is behind us, but then also helps us press. I, I, I kind of underlined some words um, just in the passage, um, all words of, of, of activation, talking about press, taking hold, uh, straining, winning the prize. All these things, God is saying, listen, I'll take care of your past. I'll wipe it away. Get, it, it will be behind you. It will be done, and you will have victory. Forget about it all. And he says, then I'm going to enable you to run a race, to press, to strain towards what I have for you in your future. Listen, salvation is incredible. I still remember, I still remember I was six years old, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I, I knew that I wanted Jesus. And I'll never forget, we were up in the balcony at the church, and, and, um, and I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I want to go down. I want to get saved. And my dad took me down and could take you to that same spot today. And I prayed at six years old knowing, and I met, at six years old, I encountered Jesus in such a way that I felt freedom. And trust me, I was, even at six years old, I was a pretty bad sinner. And, and, so, and, and so I was, gonna, I was getting ready to say how many can testify that of your kids, but I'm not going to do that. So, uh, so, and so listen, so listen, I knew, but I felt the gift of God at that moment in my life of salvation. And I thank God for that moment, that time when our sins are forgiven and we accept the blood of Jesus and a relationship with Jesus. But the most incredible, awesome thing is that's not where it ends. That is not where it ends. He has so much for us, each and every one of us. He has so much for us. So, like we had talked about before um, in, in the things that we've got to forget in the past, one of the things that our future, that the Holy Spirit gives us, that Christ gives us, is true freedom. True freedom. Now listen, because I think there's been um, some confusion somewhat, maybe over the last 15 to 20 years, of what true freedom is. True freedom is this. True freedom is not continuing in sin that leads to death and not feeling bad about it. Listen, that's not freedom. Oh, I'm saved. I can just go on doing it, and now I know I'm okay, and not feeling guilty, and not feeling shame or anything. That is not what true freedom it is. It is not continuing in the sin that leads to death and not feeling bad about it. But true freedom is through the Holy through the power of the Holy Spirit, being able to deny your flesh, bringing freedom from death. Being able to deny it and bringing freedom from the flesh, freedom from death. God gives us that true freedom. I don't know about you, but I can't give any instant 
in my entire life that I've made a mistake that I felt so good about it afterwards. In the moment, yeah. In the moment, it felt good. But it it didn't take that long to start crashing down. In the moment, it felt good. I have a neighbor who I pray for all the time and just never once have I ever lashed out. I've been cussed out by him more times than I, I, I've just been cussed out by all time. And one time, one time, and, and like I said, I had never once like lashed out, never once. And there was one time where I was out in the yard and he came and he stood on my property and started cussing me out again. And, and in that moment, in that moment, all of a sudden this, <laughs> the flesh, <laughs> you know. And so I turned around <laughs> and walked over and got face to face with them. And I, 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 I'm just, there's probably a lot that I wanted to say in that moment. But like I said, I have never once said an ill word, Ill word to him at all, never once. And I looked at him, and, and I just said, get off my property. And I turned around, and I took two steps, and literally the conviction of the Holy Spirit just, just boom. Why? Because I've been praying for him. Because my heart is that he is saved. And what I did did nothing, did absolutely nothing to help that process. I've never done anything and made a mistake. Yeah, in the moment, it might have um, fulfilled that adrenaline or filled that, the lust of the flesh and desire of the flesh to lash back. But right afterwards... The regret, the shame, everything comes just like that. There's a lot of things that we can do in life that will bring a momentary pleasure, but in the end, it brings nothing but death. It brings nothing but shame and guilt. But true freedom is a freedom to be able to live in such a way that you do not um, give in to those things, that you do not give in to those things at all, but you're able to live in the power. You're able to live in the uh, righteousness and the holiness of God because of the Holy Spirit is in you. That is what true freedom is. True freedom is not being able to do whatever I want when I want. True freedom is, is that I get to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, live for the one who died for me. That's what true freedom is. That's what true freedom means. Galatians 5.1, many of you know it, says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I love that. Do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. The yoke of slavery is literally talking about the bondage of slavery, of being tied to, being yoked together with that sin and being bound to that sin. He said, listen, go away from that and don't let yourself ever be yoked to that slavery anymore. The word is clear what comes from that. The word is clear what happens when we give into that. But through Christ, we can live a holy and righteous life. We know it's possible because the word commands us to be holy. The word commands us to be holy, so we know the word is not going to command us to do something that's not possible through him. 100%. So when we strain towards that freedom, then we also strain towards true purpose. I know many people in their life, the biggest thing that they struggle with is understanding their purpose. And understanding what they're supposed to do and understanding what am I going to do with my, what am I going to do, what am I going to do. 
But I want to tell you, you will always find your true purpose in God's kingdom. Every last one of us, you will find your true purpose in God's kingdom. That's where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find uh, find the help. That's where you're going to find the peace and the comfort and knowing that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing exactly in God's kingdom, pursuit of God. I am living how God called me to live. I believe pressing in what was talking about there and straining towards what is had into winning the prize. I believe that God, through the Holy Spirit, that we can have a lifetime pursuit of God. Just like we talked about that Paul was giving us the example. I've not obtained this. He said it twice. I've not even obtained this yet, but I can tell you something. It's that I press on. I strain towards, uh, towards uh, the race and, and running the race for the rest of my life to receive that reward, to receive that thing that God has for me in the end. I believe that the Holy Spirit enables us to have a lifetime pursuit of him. How many have ever felt that you're in cruise control in your relationship with Jesus? How many have ever felt that, that you just kind of, well, I think I'm good with this speed. Take your foot off the gas, close one eye and sleep a little bit. You guys do that when you're driving too, right? I was, I was like, I know I'm not the only one. I'm just like, yeah, I'm the one that's driving your kids around on trips and stuff. No, that's not true. So, listen, God did not call us to be on cruise control. He called us to constantly, now this is for all those people who like to drive fast, to constantly push on the gas, to constantly move forward, to constantly to constantly press forward, press forward, press forward in our relationship with God. If we ever find ourselves in cruise control, then we need to ask God for revival and to shake us up. If we ever find ourselves, now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something because I, this, was, this is not part of my notes, or I did not plan at all to say this, but I just kind of felt um, a little unction from the Holy Spirit. I believe with all my heart that we're in a time right now that for a long time the church was in cruise control. For a long, for, uh, for a long time... The church has been in cruise control, and God is once again calling out his people and saying, it is time to stand up. Listen, it is time to stand up. Listen, we do not, as Christians, have to be silent about immorality that takes place in our country, in our communities, in our world, we as Christians are not called to shut up and be silent, but we are called as God's people to bring forth the truth. 100%. We cannot just be in cruise control and just hope, well, I'm just going to stay right here and I hope everything works out. Don't you realize that God sent us in the world to impact the world? And we cannot impact the world unless we get involved, unless we press forward. And we've got to understand this. And I know, and I've heard, and I, I, I've had friends, good friends, that have said and taught and put out on social media that basically we just need to kind of sit back and just trust Jesus. I 100% disagree with that. Because when I see Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, I see Jesus constantly calling out, calling out the hypocrites, calling out those, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who had a form of godliness but denied the power. He called them out. You look, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, Jesus said there's no one else that's ever been like him other will be like him. John the Baptist was beheaded because he chose to make a stand against immoral behavior by the governing officials. 
Listen, I did not plan to talk about this at all or say it. I just felt this. But I want you to know God, and I'm saying this for all this person, for, for all this reason, is God wants us to get out of cruise control. We cannot be satisfied with just staying inside these four walls of our church anymore and being okay with just that. But we have to begin to step out, activate our faith, be vocal, not about our opinion, but be vocal about who God is and what God says. It's time. It's time. I feel like the church in America is a reflection of many times that you see the children of Israel. Times were good, they forget God. They forget God, destruction comes upon them. Destruction comes upon them. They take it out of cruise control and begin once again crying out to God. And every single time God answered. We're at the point that we need to begin crying out to God. We are at that point to cry out to God, to cry out to our Lord and Savior. Well, you don't understand. Things are set in motion. Things are this way. Things are this way. Oh, my goodness. Are you saying that the same God who split the Red Sea, the same God that went before the children of Israel and destroyed hundreds of thousands that were in an army before them and they had to do nothing but break a clay jar and have some lights. Are you telling me that the same God that is the miracle working God cannot do what he did in the past? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how desperate it is. I know that when we turn to God, that 100% that he will answer. He will answer. And I encourage you today to cry out to not stay in cruise control. Begin to, begin to activate your faith. It, let me just say this. For, for a long time, I think that we've been scared to offend somebody. Well, Jesus offended a lot of people. <laughs> there was more than one occasion that he walked through a crowd that was wanting to stone him and throw him off the cliff. Because he confronted their sin. Listen, I'm not saying going out there. I'm going to make a sign today and go out downtown Marion. And it's going to say, God hates everybody. No, that is not the truth. The truth is, it should say God loves everyone. And because he loves us, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, because all of us, each and every one of us, have been taken off our plan, our, our um, uh, what's the word, our purpose for life by sin. But God has made a way for us to once again to be, to step foot on that path that God had called us to be through his blood, through his power of his Holy Spirit. And that's the message that we need to cry out. We need to cry out that message in the world today and decide that we're not going to stick inside these four walls. Listen, last, uh, last Sunday was pretty awesome. Keenan, you were down there. I know other people. And... I love seeing this as we walked the town and prayed and prayed for people. And then at the end of it, uh, we met there um, in downtown area. And it was really cool as people from churches from all over Marion sat there outside and began to worship God, began to call on God and begin to pray over our city, begin to pray over uh, Marion. And pray that God would reverse, that God would change, that God would uh, bring revival, that God would bring fire, the power and the fire of God to our town. And so I'm just going to, the worship team, if you come on up, and I'm just going to skip to the end. 
I believe that the call of God that is upon his people is that we need to activate the power that lives inside of us. That we need to activate the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. That we need to begin to allow our lives to be used for God's purpose, for God's kingdom. And how do we do that? How do we activate that? We, act, activ- act, we activate it through the Holy Spirit, and it takes faith in action. We activate it through the gift that is in us, and at that point, we stand out in faith and action. What I just talked about on Sunday, that is a perfect example of activating the power that is in us, activating the call that is in us by literally just stepping out and by faith, going to our community, knocking on doors, praying for people, worshiping God and praying for, that is telling the Holy Spirit, we are ready. power of God in my life has always been activated when I step out in my purpose. I have never been let down. I've never been left alone when I activate my faith and go. I've never been left by myself. The power of the Holy Spirit inside me has always been with me. Always been with me. And today, I believe that that's what the call is, that we need to begin to activate this gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of you might need to activate the gift of forgetting the past and understanding your freedom, that you don't have to live in shame or guilt. You don't have to live in in this life that you're living now and being held down. Some of you need to begin to activate the salvation you got by now standing up and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you to where you can say no to those sins of your past, that you can overcome them, that you can take authority over those sins in your life. And I believe that God, as God's people that we need to begin to activate our faith, that we don't need to be silent, that we need to move out from these four walls, and we need to activate the power of God that is, that is in us. Because how many know more than ever this world needs truth? And the only thing that will combat what's going on is truth. That's the only thing. So I want to ask you to stand this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you. God, I love you so much, Lord. God, I believe with all my heart. God, I believe that the greatest days that anybody in this room has ever seen are ahead of us. I believe that, Lord God. I believe it because I believe that you are waking up your church. I believe that you are waking up your church, and I know when your church wakes up that it brings about a move that no enemy can stop, that no laws can stop. And God, I believe it's coming. And I believe the greatest days that any of us have ever seen. Lord God, that your power, your glory, that your Holy Spirit is going to be activated in your people, Lord God, like never before on this earth. God, that's what I believe. Not that I hope. It's not just a hope. It is a belief. It is my faith that I believe that's what you're going to do. God, I just pray today. Lord God, that you'll just speak to your people right now. God, some of them have already felt that, have already been feeling that, and you've already been tugging on them, Lord God, to begin to activate, begin to activate their faith. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. close your eyes. And I just want to ask right now, if you're in this place 
and you could say, Pastor Jeremy, I have struggled with guilt, with shame. I know that I'm forgiven, but these things have been tried to have been held over me. And today, I want victory. I want victory over this. I want victory over my past. If you're in this place, you can say, that's me. I want victory over my past. I just want you to raise your hand in this place, all over this place, all over this place, all over this place. Kelly, I want you to lead out prayer over this. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that your word says that when we ask for your forgiveness and we turn from our wicked ways, you said that you would forgive us from heaven. Lord, sometimes the most difficult part is for us to forgive ourselves, though. Lord, I'm asking that you would equip us and Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us to allow us to do that within our own mind and our own heart and walk in your freedom. Heavenly Father, I've been there where I didn't want to tell myself it was okay. But the freedom and the comfort and peace that comes with that is something that only you can provide. Lord, I'm asking you to loose that spirit of forgiveness within each and every spirit that has raised their hand here this morning. And we speak to that guilt and tell you that you are not you are not of the Holy Father or his plan for us and that you must go in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said when that spirit would come up in us that you would raise up a standard against that, that your grace much more abounds when we need it. Lord, I'm asking you to cover that, that guilt, that feeling that we're not good enough to understand that we are your child, forgiven, walking in mercy and grace and righteousness because of what you have done. Nothing of ourselves but what you have done. Lord, we just turn to you in our time of need. Right now, let the Holy Spirit of comfort, Lord, we lose your spirit of comfort in this place. Your spirit of peace of mind, that peace that passes all understanding when we don't understand where it comes from, Lord. We put down every spirit of guilt of things that you have forgiven us of. Lord, we recognize that as being a lie. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, not just here, but Lord God, those who are watching right now, Lord God, who struggle with this, I believe, Father, Father, right now that freedom is coming, Lord God, freedom, Lord God, I pray, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This morning, just going to ask for all those who can. We're going to pray. Keenan, I'm going to have you pray over this in just a second. But we're going to pray that God will activate us. That we don't wait for anybody else. We don't wait for any other church. But God will begin to activate us. Lighthouse Assembly of God. Lighthouse Assembly of God. That God will begin to activate us. And that the power of God 
would be activated in us to go forth, to be the truth, to be the witness that this world needs to be. So I'm going to ask, I'm just going to ask as many of you can, if you guys would come and come up to this altar. And I, we want to just pray over you. And if you're saying, hey, that's me, I want to be activated. I'm ready. I'm ready for revival. I am ready to be activated in my spirit. Just as they begin to play, I'm just going to ask you right now just to come up to these altars right now. Just come on up. Come on up to these altars as many as you can. Father, for bringing salvation, Lord God, for bringing power, Lord God, in our life for chains to be broken, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that we have the ability through you, Lord God, Father, to live the purpose, Lord God, that we were called to, Lord. Now, God, I pray, Father, to spring activate. Father, activate, activate, Lord God, I pray, Father, our faith today. Oh, God, oh, God, we come before you knowing that everything is in the palm of your hands. Thank you for being our Lord. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you, God, for knowing us from the head, our head to our feet. And, Father, as your church body comes before you, I pray over my brothers and over my sisters, God, that chains are broken, that yokes are taken off of their neck, their bondages are torn in the yes. name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, flow fresh in this place. Do your will in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to have your way. As we have hands lifted up and we cry out to you, Lord, you promised that you would hear us, God. We thank you for inclining your ears to the prayers of this house, and we call out to you. Thank you for hearing us, God, and thank you for answering us. So, Holy Spirit, right now, fill us, God, with a fresh anointing, God. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with your boldness to go out and do as you commanded, making disciples as we go. God, right now, I pray against any hindrance, any hindrance in the lives of my brothers and sisters that stops them from being who you called them to be. If it is fear, if it is pride, if it is anxiety, if it is whatever it may be, God, give them the proper perception. Let them see themselves as you see them, God, as strong and mighty and fearless, God, a warrior, a, a soldier's God. Thank you, God, for you, God, Lord, you are a man of war. The Lord is his name. So, Father God, I pray that they are bold enough and courageous enough to allow you to come into their lives, God, and build them up, God, to who you call them to be and to go win souls, God. Lord, let them spread your kingdom as they go, God. Bless them, God, in everything that they need, God. Equip them. Equip their spirits, God, to go out. Give them the words to say. Give them the boldness to just open their mouths, God. And Holy Spirit, you give them the utterance. As, they, as their feet move, God, with the gospel, God, let them share it, God, with um, accuracy, God, and rightly dividing the word of truth. I thank you right now for what they're going to do. Continuously, God, remind them of who they are. Let them never forget who they are in you and who they are in the kingdom. I thank you right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, God. Quicken the spirits of your, of your people and your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. How many knows that tomorrow is coming? Doesn't surprise anybody, right? Monday's tomorrow. It's coming. Well, guess what? Those chains that you put down right now, they're going to try to come back. I'm telling you they're coming. Just as we're not surprised that Monday is going to get here following today, for some of us, those chains are going to try to sneak back around our ankles, climb up our leg, 
get in our mind and in our heart and bind us up again. The question is, what are you going to do? Because, see, we get ready for tomorrow today. How many of us are going to go home and say, oh, I got to get up for work tomorrow, and if I wait till tomorrow to do this, this, and this, I am in trouble. Well, guess what? When those chains start getting on you and they try to come back, if you wait till that moment and you have not prepared, you are in trouble. Because it is in that moment of weakness when we lose the battle. So just as sure as tomorrow is coming, those chains are going to try to come back even if you drop them today. The question is, what do you do? Decision time. See, because we just sung the very answer that when that starts, because those chains start here, right here. For most of us, it's right here. It's right here. Because that thought starts creeping back in. Yeah, but uh, if you decide right now, knowing that that thing's coming, when that thought comes, here's the answer. Amazing grace. Mm, doesn't matter. Go ahead. Try. Can't. You can't get past the amazing grace. See, it's that simple. We've got to stand on the promise that says from the east to the west. It's gone. So when it tries to sneak back in, you just walk away from it and say, ah, amazing grace. We know Christmas is coming. How do we say it sneaks up on us? Every year. It's coming. It's the same time. I'm telling you, they're coming. It's going to happen. So be ready when it gets here with the answer already in your hip pocket to say, I might be weak right now, but here's the answer. It's a choice. It really is. It comes down to a discipline of choice to allow the Holy Spirit to come up and say, mm, 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 amazing grace. It's already done. No, not back. Here's what happens with the lie. When you expose it enough times, it stops having any power. That's where the freedom comes. You can say, no, that's a lie. Amazing grace. All of us have had those things when your kid does a certain thing, you without even thinking say, eh, just stop. That's the response we should have. When it comes in our brain, nope, done, over, move on. Is it tough at first? Yes. Does it work? Yes. That's why he doesn't want you to make a decision beyond right now. Because a lot of times we come to church and we get all hyped up. Guess what? Tomorrow's coming. It's a decision. It's called standing on the word. It's the only thing that never changes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our authority. Thank you for our power to overcome. Hallelujah. How many believe in the freedom of God? How many believe in the freedom of God? Amen, amen, amen. Listen, go this week and go in the power and the authority that the Holy Spirit, the Helper, has given you. We love you guys. God bless you.